Good morning. Ian Power here with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. Now that summer is officially here, so too is the season of the roofer. If you have an issue with your roof or uh, you're thinking about replacing your roof, perhaps you need a repair for your roof, we have a, a roofing expert and he'll be joining us in just a couple of minutes and we'll have the phone open for you too if you have any questions regarding your roof. Everybody has one or hopefully has one over their head, so you'll want to be listening for that. First, Steve, I wanted to talk about this new poll by the CIBC talking about Canadians and renovations. And the according to this poll, Canadians expect to spend an average of $13,000 on home improvements this year. And uh, the, what's interesting in this uh, the survey is that they found that, and I don't know if it's seasonal, but uh, they found that the shift is from indoors to outdoors. Certainly. We've talked a lot about this. We had Carson Arthur on not long ago from HGTV, and he said the very same thing. People are spending more money. This kind of ties in with our roofing theme a little bit later. Uh, they say that decks are pretty close to the top of the list, patios, followed by landscaping, and gardens. But you knew the butt was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of these uh, homeowners that were surveyed uh, worry that they'll spend over what they budgeted by 52%. And they cite that as this is polling language. Right. It's a key irritant. That's a yeah. key irritant. I can That's see how that. we speak. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do my backyard, but uh, I'm a little bit irritated. Uh, 37% of Canadian homeowners plan to renovate or improve their home this year, down from 40% last year. Among those who plan to renovate this year, 13000 and change is the average amount they plan to spend, which is uh, up from about t- t- 12000 to uh, the year before. Landscaping, including decks and patios, uh, 42%, which is um, about double what it was the year before. 54% plan to do basic maintenance compared to 55% in 2015, so about the same. Indoor renovations are less of a priority. 33% look to renovate bathrooms versus 40% in 2015, and 26% plan to update their kitchen. That's down 31% from 2015. Biggest worry, as I mentioned, overspending. 52% of homeowners said that would be a big concern going over budget. Welcome to the world of renovations. (laughs) Only a third, 34%, say they actually have a budget for their upcoming project. As a contractor, how many people have a budget going into the process? I'm finding about half. Okay. And it's it's about there only because some don't know how much is that going to cost. So we ask for, what is it worth for you to invest to that project? You may not know how much it's going to cost, but you have to have something on the table. Basic maintenance which includes painting, flooring, general repairs, and replacing appliances. Uh, 54% of the respondents said that they plan to do that this year. Landscaping, uh, I think we went over that. That was uh, decks, patios, driveways, 42%. Bathrooms, uh, 33 Kitchens, 26 Replacing windows and doors, 23%. I remember a time not that long ago when windows and doors was a huge item. That's right. And now it, it just seems to be a little bit lower on the list of priorities. Uh, and finally, uh, on this, this is, a, again, a CIBC uh, survey that was done between uh, May 19th and 25th. And 2,100 people were surveyed by Angus Reid Forum. And uh, there is a plus or minus 2.1% 19 times out of 20, if that matters to you. Uh, the biggest concerns, the top five irritants. Going over budget, 
52%. Project takes longer than expected, 48%. Disruption to my household, 38%. Reliability of contractors, 33%. And starting a project and never finishing at 25%. Wow. It's a survey. It seems like a good survey. It's 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 got everything covered. Yes, absolutely. I thought that the reliability of contractors would be a little bit higher on the list. Yeah, I would think so as well. I certainly get the money and the time. That always happens, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're hiring a contractor. Reliability of a contractor, yeah, that's. I would expect that to be higher, honestly. I called you in a panic this week because some friends of mine were looking for a contractor. They had three contractors lined up to come and have a look at the job at hand to get a quote, to get a bid. And uh, I think one showed up, two didn't. And the, t- the, one, the one fellow was a guy who showed up, never did submit a bid at all, never, mm. never ended up giving a quote. And uh, it was one of those things that they needed to have done yesterday, like right. most people. Yes, of course. Yeah. That's why you're calling. Anyway, are you planning <laughs> to do any renovations at your place? Uh, we're, we're open on that. We're going to talk about roofing. What's above you? Coming up next on the Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. What a great day. It's so nice to have some sunshine and plenty of opportunity for you to get outside and get done what you need to get done. And it's summer. It's officially here. And so is the season of the roofer coming to a house near you. Look up, look way up, and there you'll see uh, the big re-roofing projects well underway. Your roof is the thing that covers your house and protects you from the elements. And yet, it seems to be one of the most under misunderstood components of your home. And to answer any questions that you may have and to sort through some of the things that we need to know about roof repair, replacement, and maintenance, we've invited Hamish Matheson. He's a technologist and Roofstar technical advisor from the Roofing Contractors Association of BC to join us in studio. Welcome. It's nice to have you back with us. Morning, Ian. Good to be here. Uh, we want to open up the phones right away. If you've got any questions about anything having to do with roofing, feel free to join us. Our number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 if you happen to be mobile this morning. Let's talk, uh, I want to start from a a slightly different angle off the top, if I may, Hamish, and that is to talk about careers in your business. Does your organization offer any guidance or assistance to those people that might be looking for work? Uh, And the reason for the question is that there's a this perception that we are suffering from a shortage of skilled labor in our in in British Columbia in general and certainly in the Metro Vancouver area. Yeah, this time of year lots of our contractors are just hungry for qualified contractors, sheet metal workers, roofers. It's it's just such a busy time and and uh they can be tough to come by, but the the association we do have besides our uh, red seal ticketed training out there. We do offer uh, introductory classes to roofing that uh, contractors can hire laborers that have got their WIMIS, their fall protection, uh, those sort of things. So at least the contractors can hire uh, skilled laborers. So uh, th- there's a lot of resources out there. We have a, a lot of contractors that we can put you in touch with, uh, a lot of our inspectors there. Um, but it is, it, it's tough for, for contractors to, to get skilled labor these days. What about training? Where would one turn uh, to for training? And does anybody, it just makes me wonder, and I don't want to be off, off, 
off the you know the the, the trail here, as it were. But it seems to me that uh, wanting to be a roofer, you, you've got to have a certain type of personality for that because it's rough, dirty work. It's hard work. Like you're you're working at heights. You're sometimes working on on a steeped pitch roof. Uh, it's hot. It's heavy work, and uh, yeah, it's 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 tough, but uh, it's very rewarding. It's um, you know, at the end of the day, you can come down at street level and look up on the roof and say you had a part in doing that, yeah. and it's going to be there for years to come. So. It's a very important uh, component, obviously, of a house. And I said at the outset that many of us seem to—I don't know if it take it for granted, but we don't worry about it usually. You guys. Your industry doesn't get called until there's a leak, usually. Yeah, usually when the water starts coming through the ceiling, that's when people start worrying about their roof. Otherwise, it's it's seen and never really taken any notice of. But uh, then that, that's why it's proact- a really good idea to be proactive about keeping an eye on your roof because once it gets through the membrane or the shingles or the shakes, whatever the case may be, then it gets through the insulation, uh, down to the drywall, and there's a lot more damage done. Yeah, so. and again, the, the price tag that, goes up. Absolutely. What can we look for from... Now, oftentimes, we, tr- we, we, we want people to be safe. And if, if you're not comfortable or don't feel good about climbing up a ladder, for example, uh, you know, we don't necessarily want to tell people to get up on the roof. Is there something from street level, though, that we can look at to give us some indication as to what condition the roof might be in? Sure. I mean, you, you can just uh, observe the roof from down on the front lawn or, you know, the other side of the street with a pair of binoculars, if you like, and, and just look for any flashings around your chimneys, plumbing vents, make sure they're okay, any shingles that are sticking up or uh, starting to curl, you'll notice that. That's a sign that uh, you're going to need some, some work done on the roof. Uh, metal roofing, um, usually you, you can't tell too much from the ground. It's uh, pretty pretty solid sort of a roof. But, you know, you, you, can, you can get a good idea of the roof's condition just looking at it from, from ground level. How often would you like to see a professional on somebody's roof to do a, a professional examination or inspection? Uh, every two to three years is a good idea, depending on the age of the roof. Right. Um, it just gives you a really good benchmark of what sort of condition that roof's in, and they will give you a really good idea of when to expect uh, to renew that roof too, so you can plan for that. I understand that rain isn't the biggest enemy of the roof, but it's the sun. Absolutely. It's it, it's exposed to all the well, uh, elements, uh, 365 days of the year, but the UV does break down a lot of your uh, bituminous uh, roof membranes uh, and, and the shakes and shingles uh, to a certain degree. But yes, it's, it's, uh, it's harsh on roofs. We're going to get to the phone in just a second, but I wanted to ask... Um, a question because a friend of mine was asking when I said that you were coming in he asked me to ask you this question I thought it was a great question are we seeing an increase in living roofs we are um, rooftops uh, especially on uh, apartment buildings in in the downtown areas uh, are becoming very popular because there's there's less green space uh, at, at ground level essentially mm-hmm. they want they want to try and make the most of that uh, flat rooftop area be it for patios uh, garden roofs or vegetative type roofs how about for residential housing uh, not so much on residential housing, generally because it's a steep roof. Uh, it, it, you, know, you need a flat surface, obvi- obviously, yes. right? Yes. Um, it is in some parts of the world, though, where perhaps they get a little less rain. It, it seems to me it's it's starting to get noticed a bit. It is. It, it's it's becoming a lot more popular and uh, aesthetically too. From uh, you know, obviously, you're in a twenty story building, and you're looking down on a ten story building. If it's got a green roof, it can be uh, quite a, quite an aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. 
Morning, Gwen. Good morning. My question has to do, um, I want to get my roof cleaned because we're going to have the house painted. Now, I don't know how to describe this. The only way I can say on my roof, and this is something within this subdivision, these are uh, 16-year-old houses. They are concrete tile roofs, to the best of my knowledge. But if you can imagine, one million birds flew over your house and did bird droppings all at the same time. That's what these roofs look like. Now, I had the neighbor next door. That's pretty graphic. (laughs) I I couldn't think of any other way to describe it. It's okay. (laughs) We get it. (laughs) They had theirs done um, with hot water power spring, and it it has cleaned it, but I've also heard that power spring is hard on the roof. My other neighbor across the street had theirs done with a fellow who went up with a brush, and water hand so in other words hand hand scrubbed it the roof is clean but that is not taken off now i talked to the one fellow and i i said it's bird droppings isn't it? he says well bird droppings lichen so i'm kind of curious what is the best way to clean a roof like that and do you can you recommend anybody that you know because i see have so many people come around and they say oh hi ladies would you like to have your roof cleaned no name on the truck or anything, and you know you're afraid. Well, are they? Uh... I'll tell you what, Gwen. For for the for the cleaning up part, if you're looking for a contractor, yes. uh, we've got Steve here for that. So we'll take your number if you want to leave it with uh, uh, with us with Jamie uh, yeah, after your phone call. But in the meantime, let's get we'll get uh, because I think you've got a good question, uh, Hamish. Uh, cleaning the roof. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a, a fun job for anybody, but. Uh, power washing. Let's start there. Well, uh, power washing is never usually recommended uh, for for roofs, um, especially if they're asphalt shingles. Uh, if these are concrete tiles, they are a lot more durable um, structurally than a asphalt shingle. So, you if you were going to have it power washed, uh, we'd recommend that it's it's a very low pressure. Um, power washer uh you know you don't want to be up there with a three thousand five thousand pound psi power washer you'll just uh you know tear the roof apart but uh you could do that uh or just using water with a, a soft brush would also do the trick uh, maybe a bit of uh, trisodium phosphate bleach uh mixture would help uh, destroy any of that lichen or moss that's on the roof as well a good contractor should know what to use on the particular material that they have, they should, yeah. and and you know, there's a full list of our contractors that uh, they're listed on our website. That you know, you could call any one of them; they'd be more than happy to help you with. Sure, um, bird poop is is that a serious problem as far as breaking down the roof material? It is, it is. Uh, you know, we see a lot of uh, f- flat roofs, especially around the waterfronts, where there's a lot of seagulls nesting, taking up chicken bones, food scraps, and. Uh, uh, making a mess of the roof, and, and that does have an effect on on the membrane if it's not cleaned sure. and taken out. So there's so now we've identified the sun, we've identified bird poop. Uh, what about tree debris, for example? Is that I, I would imagine that could also once you've got organic materials lying on your roof, that that seems to me a recipe for more to come. It is. It, it's it's uh, compounding. Obviously, once you get some debris on the roof, it holds more debris on the roof, and it, it just uh, gets worse and worse. Uh, around drains, that's that's where you got to watch. Uh, it'll block up drain sumps, and uh, you can get ponding on the water on the roof. So you got to you got to make sure that that debris is removed regularly. Hi, Peter. Hi there. Hi. I have a question is I have a sea can and I get lots of condensation so I want to put a roof on it. 
Okay. 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 So, um, what kind of roof can I put on it? Do I gotta have, do I gotta put down a vapor barrier first on top, and then uh, insulation, and then say torch on after the plywood? Well, talking about a shipping container. Somebody doesn't know what a sea can is. Right. Um, as far as putting a vapor barrier down, uh, that would probably be redundant because you're not going to have anything on the walls as far as a vapor retard is concerned. So uh, if you did uh, want to do something like that, you have a couple of options. You could either uh, put a spray foam insulation beneath, like on the inside of the uh, sea can, and then put a, a roofing membrane on top. Uh, if you put the insulation on top of that sea can, obviously you've got to build up around the perimeter of the uh, sea can to protect that from UV and, and rodents, yep. and then uh, put the roof on there. But uh, I do know of people that have just put a like a, a torch on roof on some of those sea cans, just not so much from a condensation point of view, but just uh, to help you know keep it waterproof. But uh, is it is it a heated uh, sea can? No, no, no. Okay. It's not heated. Yeah. And, and the thing is, uh, okay, if are I are using it for storage, I'm just curious to know what you use the the can for. Uh, kind of like a workshop. Right. Okay. Right. Fair enough. No, I was a just man curious. Cave kind of thing. <laughs> All right. Fair a enough. Man cave kind of thing. But um, if I do the torch on right onto the sea can, like to the metal, do I got to prime it first? You would need to prime it. It would be best to uh, consult the manufacturer on uh, what they recommend to use on that uh, on that sort of a system. We've got to leave it there just because of time. Appreciate that call, Peter. Uh, good luck with your man cave. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're you're putting out the effort to make sure that it's uh, sealed up nice and tight so you don't get any problems on the inside. Lord knows what you've got inside that man cave. That's another show at another time. I think Maureen McGrath is here this evening. You can take it up with her. Uh, my name is Ian Power. I'm here with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor, and our guest in studio Hamish Matheson. He is from the Roofing Contractors Association of BC. If you have a question about roofs or your roof in particular, 604-280-9898 next on the Home Discovery Show. My name is Ian Power. I'm here with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor, and our in-studio guest, Hamish Matheson. He is with the Roofing Contractors Association of BC. Uh, your title is an interesting one. Uh, you're a technologist and a Roofstar technical advisor. What exactly is a technologist? What does that mean? What does that certification entitle you to? Well, it's it's n- not so much the certification. It's a, It was a title uh, of my position given basically interpreting the Roofing Practices Manual uh, for the association. So uh, hence the Roofstar technical advisor is, is more what I go by now. Okay. Um, just interpreting. Our, our uh, roofing standards manual, helping the public uh, with anything to do with roofing. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Roofing Contractors Association of BC. What what is your role uh, as an organization? What is it that you do on a on a day to day basis? Essentially, we've got the uh, educational facility that we train anyone that wants to become a roofer and get their red seal uh, accreditation. That's what we do. Uh, we also do a lot of uh, research on roofing materials, uh, roofing systems, uh, design of, of roofs, uh, and we also provide a third-party independent guarantee on roof systems, uh, hence the Roofstar guarantee. 
Okay. If you have a question about roofing, anything having to do with what's on top of your place, 604-280-9898 or star 98 from your uh, cell phone, star 9898. Uh, that's the cell phone number. Landline is 604-280-9898. One of the things that I did want to talk about is venting. And it seems to be something that uh, we've talked about in the past, but people are often very confused about it. Uh, most homes are, are, we use a passive venting system. Do homes go to a power-assisted venting system? Uh, there are residential uh, vents that um, you can put in your attic to, to help with the ventilation. Um, you know, I, I know that has been done before, but for low slope roof assemblies, that's generally not the case. Not necessary, I would think. No, um, two types of uh, flat roof systems. You can have a low slope ventilated system, meaning your insulation is directly above your drywall. Then you have a, a cavity and then your roof membrane on a substrate above right. that. Or it's a compacted assembly, meaning uh, there's no air gets into it. It's an airtight assembly. Okay. On your on a typical residential roof, and you've got passive venting. Sometimes it's just a, a vent, a static vent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a moving vent that that is move. The movement is by the wind. Is there a formula, a basic formula that people should be on the lookout for? Because this is one of the complaints that we hear often: is that the roofer came over, we agreed to a price on a new roof, and then we had it uh, subsequently inspected, and we were told we don't have enough vents. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a basic formula that the average consumer can understand? Basically, it's uh, w- people may have heard of the one in three hundred uh, thing. Basically, that means you need one square foot of uh, net-free area of ventilation per three hundred square feet of essentially ceiling space. Like you, you want to judge that on three hundred square feet of your ceiling, not three hundred square feet of the the pitch of the right. roof. Can you overventilate? Uh, you can, and, and just to, to back up there, that 1 in 300, uh, that should be the, the building code calls for minimum 25% uh, intake, 25% uh, exhaust, but we just round that up to 50% intake at the eaves, 50% exhaust at the, uh, at the ridge. So that's, that's a really good uh, baseline to go off for, for your ventilation. What about ridge venting? Is that a preferred option? Uh, that's just an alternate option rather than having static vents, you know, those little plastic boxes essentially near yep. the ridge. If you don't have those, you can put a, a, a ridge vent in. And some people prefer that. It's, it's uh, a little uh, less obvious. And aesthetically, it's quite nice. It, it can be, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dave, how are you doing? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. You have a question for Hamish? I do. Um, I have a duroid roof. It's been on for about fifteen years. Uh, supposedly a twenty-five year roof, but it's um, it's in need of repair, uh, replacing. I wanted to know um, what I should expect. I mean, I know that they should take all the shingles off to replace to put a new roof on, but um, what about uh, what, what do I expect in in quality of shingles? What what should I ask for, and what should they put down before they put the shingles on? Uh, that, that's a good question. The, uh, the 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 most important thing there would be to be aware of what uh, pitch the roof is, like how, how how steep it is. If it's a lower slope roof, um, we recommend you only use a 
three-tab shingle on, on those low-slope roofs. Essentially, a roof slope between 2 and 12 and 4 and 12 would be a, a classed as a low slope. As a low slope, yeah. Um, and if you, if you fall into that category, there should be a uh, fully adhered uh, rubberized asphalt underlayment all over the roof, uh, again, because it's such a low slope. If it's, if it's steeper than a 4 and 12, uh, that's where you can... Um, use the uh, laminated uh, architectural type shingles and you don't need to use a fully adhered underlayment. You would use a rubberized asphalt uh, at the eaves and uh, the likes of a synthetic uh, underlayment on the rest of the roof. And stay with us, Dave. Uh, we're going to talk uh, before the hour is up. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, materials that you can choose for your roof and uh, perhaps is he in a in a spot now where if he's looking at a new roof to perhaps choose a different material? Uh, there's, yeah, there's lots of materials to choose from out there. And uh, well, let's get into that in a moment, okay? okay? Sure. I want to take one more call. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the different materials because um, Vera's been on the line for for a while, and I want to get to her call. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you. I was wanting to ask about moss on a roof. I have a 20 year old roof. And um, I'm wondering, uh, should it be sprayed with zinc sulfate, and what should be done when it's warmer? Um, could you tell me about that? Okay, sure, Vera. There's um, th- that is a, a good way to get rid of it. And like I said earlier, the uh, trisodium phosphate bleach uh, mixed with water is another good alternative to um, to do that. Will the bleach not break it down at all? Um, no, it, it's uh, the, the the main thing to be aware of is where where the water's going to go when it drains off the roof. It, it can affect uh, vegetation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So j- and as long as you keep it to a, a low dilution, it's uh, it's fine. Answer your question, Vera. Yeah. So, so you said that was trisodium phosphate. Yeah. Correct. TSP plus bleach. Bleach. TSP. TSP. Yeah. Yes. And bleach. And oh, I and that's my fault. And I'm sorry, Vera. Uh, ask Jamie if you have a follow-up question. We do have to take a break. Uh, Jamie uh, is our technical producer. He'll uh, he'll pick up your call in a second. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. More questions about roofing on the Home Discovery Show. Hamish Matheson, the Roofing Contractors Association of BC, is our in-studio guest. We're back in a moment on News Talk 980 CKNW. Nice to have you with us this morning. Uh, my name is Ian Power. Steve Seaborn, the little contractors here, and our in-studio guest, Hamish Matheson from the Roofing Contractors Association of BC. Roofing questions, welcome at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 from your cell phone. Roofing materials. I, I wanted to wait until after the break so we could spend a, a couple of minutes talking about the, the various materials that are available you don't have to replace your existing roof with the existing material. You can go to something else. So I wanted to sort of get a sense from you what is not just only only popular right now, but what are good materials to be looking at. Well, if if you've got asphalt shingles and you're going to be replacing them with asphalt shingles, uh, some good things to look at is the weight of the shingle. Now, I don't know uh, if everyone's aware, but you can get different types of asphalt shingles that weigh different amounts per square. Now, a square is 10 square feet by 10 square feet. Um, So uh, some asphalt shingle manufacturers, it might be 220 pounds per square. Others might be 380. So obviously there's a difference in quality in those shingles. Uh, if you want to change materials and put on a uh, metal roof, that's that's an option. Um, or if you wanted to 
change things up and put on a cedar shake or a cedar shingle roof, that's also possible. But there's a bit more work involved there because uh, you may have to change the uh, the substrate on that. If, it, if you've got asphalt shingles and you want to put shakes on, you can put them on uh, solid sheathing, but it would depend on the thickness of that sheathing as yeah. well. So. Is a cedar kind of passe now just because of availability and the quality of the new growth cedar? Um, the association we don't see as much of as we used to. Um, obviously, price is a, is a factor on that, um, but it, it's it's it wouldn't be anywhere near as popular as the as the asphalt shingles mm-hmm. market. Is that price wise, uh, installation wise? Why is that? I mean, for for me, and maybe it's just because that's what I grew up with. But uh, to me, nothing beats in a really nice cedar shingle roof right and it is i mean it's the the material is is a little more expensive uh it it is quite durable though uh and the labor to put them on is is a lot more involved than than what it is to put your asphalt shingles on so you need a certain degree of um competency when you're installing that and also make sure because there are not all cedar shakes are the same no no and you you need someone that knows what they're doing uh to get the exposures and and and, uh spacings between those uh shakes or shingles correct i've always been interested in metal roofing i I, again i like the aesthetic of it Mm -hmm. but i'm told that if it's not installed properly and i know you can say that about anything some (laughs) things will give you a little bit of allowance to get away with a little sloppiness here and there but with metal roofing i'm told that if it's not done by somebody who really knows what they're doing yeah, stay away from it. It is. It's. Uh, it needs to be done correctly. There's a lot that that, that can go wrong, as as with any other roofing system. But uh, a lot of uh, the detail work with metal roofing is is where the devil is in the details, as they say. That's where things can go wrong. And from something as simple as a, a plumbing vent coming through the roof or a skylight, that's when things need to be flashed. It's uh, a little correctly. bit tricky. And and, it, and people need to bear in mind that. A metal roof is a, is a water shedding system, so it's designed and should be installed so water runs from one layer to another and, and, right. and off the roof. Is it something that is uh, cost-wise, how much more is metal versus asphalt or, or cedar? Uh, that's yeah, that, that's tough to say. A lot of that depends on, on what sort of material you put down. Um, it is definitely more expensive, but it is considerably more uh, durable than uh the likes of your your asphalt shingles, uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna stay there for for a lot longer. What about these rubberized products that are now being offered? Uh, like rubberized, uh, like rubber uh, ba- rubber based materials that are used for for roofing. Right. Uh, that yeah, there there is a few manufacturers out there. Uh, it, it's not something we have uh, in our accepted materials with with the association for our for our guarantee side of things. Um, so I don't see a lot of that being in, in installed. Uh, so as an association, you wouldn't necessarily back that up? Uh, it's At this stage, no. Um, the manufacturers you know, would be more than welcome to, to, to bring that in for our consideration. Sure. But uh, yeah, we, we haven't seen any of that yet. So if you're thinking about a new roof, it would be uh, not only a good idea to have the installer's uh, personal warranty, but also the warranty of your association as a second layer of protection? Absolutely. Like the the association has developed the roofing practices manual uh, of do's and don'ts and how-tos of the roofing world for roofing systems. And it, it basically is there because things have failed in the past. And if you do it 
to these standards, uh, you know, the likelihood of a, a leak or, or failure is, is going to be greatly reduced. We'll take a break. We're going to talk about skylights next. If you have a question about roofing, uh, anything to do with what that thing is on top of your place, feel free to join us, 604-280-9898 or star 9898. Hamish Matheson is with us. He's from the Roofing Contractors Association of BC on the Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. Ian Power back with you, Steve Seaborn, the little contractors here, as is our in-studio guest, Hamish Matheson with the Roofing Contractors Association of British Columbia. I wanted to ask you about skylights. Uh, lots of people open up their roofs to put in lights, to skylights. Uh, some skylights open, some don't. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people prefer these, what they call, I guess, light tunnels. Uh, I have a feeling, before I even ask you this, that, that maybe you're not a big fan of these kinds of things. Uh, well, skylights are, are, are fine to put in a roof as long as they're done correctly. Uh, the light tunnels, um, several of those can be installed. They're very low profile, and uh, that, that's something we would like to see put on a, on a curb. Uh, like if it's an asphalt shingle roof, at least a five-inch high curb. Um, Or if you're putting in a skylight, you know, a two-by-four, obviously that's on a – keep that on a curb as well, just to keep that water away from that opening in the roof. Right, and that's the key, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Like if if you're putting a hole in the roof, you want to make sure it's uh, flashed off correctly. Yeah. Flashing is such another integral part of the roofing system that we haven't really talked much about and I would suspect that most of us, because, again, we don't really pay that much attention to a roof until it becomes a problem, well, what what should uh, your average homeowner be concerned about when it comes to flashing? Well, if, uh, if you've just had a new roof put on and you've got a plumbing vent going through the roof and someone's just put a bit of mastic around that opening, that, that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> um, any, any protrusion through the roof, uh, there's lots of different, uh, you know, custom-made flashings you can put on them, like some plumbing vents, uh, goosenecks, uh, vents, actual attic vents, uh, you know, that they're custom-made, and you want to make sure that they have a, a CSA uh, certification on them, which is, means they've met, they've met a, a certain criteria. But, uh, you know, skylights, uh, chimneys, making sure they're flashed with the, the appropriate step flashing, crickets. Uh, what kind not. of training do roofers get for flashing? Because flashing generally tends to be of a metal material. It's, it's not the same as the roofing material. Application is very different. Is there is there a comprehensive training on that type of thing? Absolutely. That, that's all what we cover out there at the uh, educational side of the uh, roofing. Like anyone that's doing, you know, whether it's cedar shake shingles, asphalt shingles, clay tiles, concrete tiles, there's all the step flashing, roof-to-wall flashing, transitional flashing. That's so if you're a red seal, you've got all those, uh, you, you know what you're doing. Correct. You yeah. have had that training. Now, if I'm looking for a new roof, is it fair to ask the contractor or what, what do you spend? specialize in? Are you better at uh, asphalt than you are at cedar or metal or is that a fair question? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because everyone specializes in, you know, there's no one roof contractor that does everything really, really well. Uh, You know, most contractors specialize in uh, numerous things, but, but not everything. So absolutely, that's a question for them. If you were putting a new roof on your place, Mm -hmm. what would you put on it? Uh, well, is it a low slope roof or a steep roof? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's look at a typical West Coast roof. Um, 
if uh, I, I think metal, uh, I would probably go for a metal roof. Uh, just just solely because it's it's durable. You, I mean, nobody really likes doing the roof. It's always a bit of a hassle having people there, you know, up and down on the roof. So uh, tromping if, if, uh, along your lawn uh, and your garden. And absolutely, and uh, so you know, if if you did a metal roof, it's it's on and it's there to stay for for quite some time. What what is the life expectancy of a metal roof if it's installed well? Uh, well, you could get. 40, 50 years, probably more. Um, so we'll all have long white beards by then. Absolutely. Yeah. We're looking like Father Christmas. And, and what? so what is the, the cost of a metal roof, uh, roughly how much more than a typical asphalt roof? Oh, you would pro- you'd probably be looking at two to three times Two to three, more. okay. But, you know, j- just because you've got a metal roof and it, it's going to be durable, you still need to make sure maintenance is done on that, like sealants around any uh, protrusions in the roof. They need to be looked at and monitored. Only got about half a minute, but I did want to get to this uh, the 2015 building code, uh, the low-slope wind uplift standards. Uh, that came out. Is that is that working out, or are there issues that are on the table? Uh, that's something that is in the National Building Code right now. Uh, the 2016 uh, BC Building Code, we're expecting that that will be implemented uh, in that code, meaning all new roofs will have to meet that We'll standard. get you back to talk more about it. How's Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I'd love to. Really appreciate your time. Hamish yeah. Matheson, Roofing Contractors Association of BC, rcabc.org is their website, and we thank you for dropping by. Uh, thanks to Steve Stevorn, the little contractor, and Jamie Benteen, our technical producer. My name is Ian Power. Be sure to check out the Home Discovery Show page on Facebook, and stay with us. Vancouver Consumer is next on News Talk 980 CKNW.